Okay, so I have our input at five and our volume to the headphones at seven. More power. What's the bass at? You good? You want it? No. <laughs> He's constrained. Unplug. Can't hear him anymore. Wait, he can't hear me. Peekaboo! Peekaboo! Oh, oh, never mind. Oh, take the conversation. In true masculine fashion, <coughs> I would have to fight you. What? I have to punch you. I was just about to say how sweet you are. <laughs> it wasn't a joke. <laughs> I love that. Nice. Oh, yeah, our, our levels are probably off. I, I don't know if I can hear myself or not. Check, 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 check. Maybe I should turn this off. <laughs> I can hear right. you. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we are a little rusty. Hey. We're back, boys. Yes. What be the goings on? Can you guys hear this when I drop this on the... Okay. How far can you go? Not at all. Not at all. Hold on a minute. How does this get caught up again? Gosh it dang it. It's back in my day. Back in my day, we didn't have to do this when we made our podcasts. <laughs> you good? I think I so, maybe. Like I'm okay. Can you hear <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> as long as you're comfortable, Brady. As long as Brady's okay. We're doing our job. Yep. Do you need to come closer? Not closer to you. Closer. <laughs> All the way over there. I think there's a spot for you. How about now? No, we should make Brady sit on the other side of the table just <laughs> just a spite. Yeah. You should have to lean your head in as well. You know, I don't think so. You know what? So. Yeah, every time you've been in the middle. <laughs> Hold on a second. It's always We're on to something here. <laughs> Mute. Don't mind me. Don't mind me. <laughs> don't mind the man. It's Jared, and I'm here with, as always, Brady and James. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how the turntables have tied it. You both comfortable? Yes. We, I, I don't know how to, I, I don't I, know how to fix really it. There's really not much that I can do here. I'm Maybe... Just trying to do some elevator music here. Sorry. I got Is that you. what that Bow. There we go. Mm. That's the ticket. Oh. Brandon. 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 Is he calling you? He could be our. He could be another guest. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Brandon joining us from the phone. We can do that. You can actually do that. Have someone call in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We if should we get have, a number, a call in line. I don't know if we have the the plug in for it, but you can get. Yeah, you can do that. 
Everyone comfortable? Yeah. <sighs> Shoulders back. Relaxed. Shoulders back. Knees together. And enjoy the show. Out. Shoulders back. With Arusta show. Arusta show. Arusta show. Shoulders back with your yes, sir. back straight. <laughs> Don't you? Do What's you know that? that? Was that one you did at your camp over what? the summer? Arusta show. No. No. Arusta show. Arusta show. Arusta show. Is that a song? It's a camp song. I think it's just to get your attention, really, because you're dealing with kids. You got my attention. Oh, you're too kind. So How do we want to do this? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's plenty. I think we can just talk. We just talk. Um, that's dangerous, but I like it. What are we trying to answer? Like, what is beauty? Um, um, do we have any more mail questions? <laughs> we don't. Damn it, <laughs> Brian! Brian, BP. <laughs> Brian, on. would you like to send in any? <laughs> I'll email him right now. Hey, BP, long time listener. Do you have any other uh, suggestions? <laughs> hey, Brian, I know we pissed you off on the last one. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Please send in more hate mail. <laughs> Maybe we're not being controversial enough. Hmm. Maybe Both we, of our emails have been very bring up the sports conversation. Positive. Today. <laughs> we gotta curb that. Yeah, we need negative comments. I'm done with that. Nope. We Armor of death. Are we Armor really a podcast without haters? No, we're not. <laughs> no. If no one's against us, what are we really standing for? Welcome back to Armor with Death. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host Brady. Brady. Brady North, and I'm joined by two assholes. <laughs> <laughs> It's our shock jock uh, <laughs> podcast. <laughs> <Later>. um, <clears throat> so we can answer what is beauty, but maybe also like I feel like all of our questions are more applicable. So it's like, what do we do? What do we do with beauty? What do we do with beauty? Why is it yeah. good to have? Why is yeah, it? Do we, are we is supposed it necessary? To, are we supposed to collect it? Are we supposed to cultivate it? Mm-hmm. Are we supposed to just, just observe, observe? partake in it? I think we got it. I think we got it. All right. All right. View. View and. I like that. <laughs> All right. We've been recording for eight minutes. So oh, we're shit. We're, <laughs> we're just getting to the good stuff. We should be good. Bad news, fellas. Uh-oh. I lost that water bottle. No. Good. Good. We're all happy. The red light is on. So, okay, yeah. It should be good. That means right? stop. Right? Yeah. <laughs> are you actually going to write something coherent here? Or are you just <laughs> I tried, man. I can't even delete it. Boam. Boam. <laughs> it's pew. Oh no, I didn't want to leave. Can't spell beautiful without <laughs> bow. <laughs> That's right, Bo Wilson Jr. <laughs> hey man, sugar. I'm trying to get in NASCAR. <laughs> okay. Shall we? I we shall. What do we when do we want to end? You need to be out by Uh I mean I've got Bible study here at 9. Okay, so we'll try to be done by 8.50, maybe. Sure. Cool.
Welcome back to the Armor of Light podcast. My name is Brady, and I'm joined as always with James and Jared. Today we're going to talk about beauty, what it is, uh, what it means to us in our lives, and how do we interact with it in, in our lives as, as Catholics and as Christians. Um, are we to cultivate it? Are we to just appreciate it? You know, how do, how do we interact with it? So I guess we'll start with what we think beauty is. Beauty, I think, is one of those things that's very hard to define. You almost have to experience it. One of the ways of defining beauty is something that you enjoy looking at, I think. Yeah. But I, you, that's hard to describe unless you're actually enjoying it. On Google, it says a combination of qualities such as shape, color, form, or shape, color, or form that pleases the aesthetic senses, especially the sight. Um, I, I guess I'd agree with that, but I think that it goes a little deeper. I think that there's a sense of more than just aesthetically pleasing, but like the way in which you can aesthetically please. Like you can tell, for example, when someone is trying to create a, an illusion of beauty, um, like when a guy for a, a weightlifting competition, they'll seriously dehydrate themselves so that they don't have as much, like, body, what is it, water um, in their system so that they don't appear more fat. They'll be more slender. You can tell when a guy's not being real, and it may look appealing, but I would say that it's not beautiful. And similar with uh, someone who's like really broken on the inside and trying to mask it with with makeup you can tell when someone's not really there and they're just putting on a face so i'd say that it goes deeper than just what you see and perhaps that's a comment on how difficult it is to mimic beauty yes you know like even if you make it kind of look the same there's like there's something behind it that people are able to identify yeah and i think that like Vanity would be Satan's attempt at beauty, which is exactly what you get with someone who's got too much makeup on or someone who's got, who's cutting water just to try to look more buff or whatever. I would say that that is vanity trying to dress up like beauty and to some, to the naked eye, maybe it may look that way, but it isn't. Yeah, so when they're when they're mimicking something, they still have there's still some sort of standard that they're trying to attain. So the weightlifting example, they're trying to lose excess fat because there's some sort of standard that they think they should attain, even though they can't do it naturally, maybe. But it almost begs the question that they're or that gives the answer that to the question, is there something that is objectively beautiful? And I would almost say yes, just because those examples you just gave us, when you're mimicking something, you're still mimicking something that is beautiful, even if you're not fully capturing that thing itself. So does something completely like objectively beautiful exist or does the ideal exist in our in our minds? Because you could point it at anything or could could I don't know if you can, but could you point at anything in creation and say, 
okay, that has some amount of beauty, but it does fall beneath the ideal. Yeah. So I like, I like to use the example of a, like a sunrise or a sunset. That is, I, I guess I would call that objectively beautiful. But yet it almost creates a sense of sadness when it's, as, it's, as you're watching the sunrise, I think. And it's because you recognize that it is fleeting uh, because it's not, you can't watch the sun rise all day long. Mm. And that's part of what makes it, what's so nice about it is that it is, you get up early, you get a couple minutes of watching the sunrise, but at the same time, you wish you could watch it forever, but you can't, you want to take it in as much as you can, but you, you can't do that. Um, and I know when people, when you look at the sunrise, sometimes people say like they want to like eat the sun or something <laughs> or like they're, it's like so beautiful. You want to just like, instead consume. of just looking at it, you want to like consume it, mm -hmm. which is fascinating to me because you can look at it with your senses and yeah, it's visually pleasing, but you actually want to like be part of it. You want to like consume it and make it part of yourself, which plays, I think, into there is something inside of us that is yearning for something that is so beautiful i mean yeah that like you could say that they do that with food commercials um you know they, they can make a certain brand of cheeseburger look really really appetizing on the screen to the point where when you eat it you don't even look at it you're just thinking of the picture in your head and you realize that that actually kind of tastes really bad <laughs> you know it's like um you're right. There's something to that where the aesthetic is pleasing to the eye, which makes you want to consume it. I think that there's a lot of people who do that with with food, and that's a more direct way of thinking about that, like aesthetic to be consumed, but also it, it can apply in other ways as well. I think if I could develop that a little more, it's it doesn't end at the eye. You know, it's not the eye is simply the the body part or in the, in the ears and all the senses right the sen the physical senses that we have are simply the way that uh reality like presents itself to us so it's not it's not necessarily pleasing to the eye itself the eye is just flesh right but it's pleasing to the soul it's pleasing to the part of our soul that organizes those senses organizes that that perception of reality and then assigns some kind of value on it and then that value is either pleasing to us or, or not. So it's like it's even deeper. Because that value, we can be misinformed and place uh, inordinate value on something that probably shouldn't be objectively beautiful. Um, but it may satisfy some subordinate desire. You know, like, I don't know, food, food is an example. We would, you know, the... You know, the restaurant commercial shows the burger and it's like, I don't think that we're going to get in trouble. Just okay. Yeah, the like, McDonald's commercial. Yeah, <laughs> I did hesitate. Okay. So the McDonald's commercial shows the burger and it's like, it's juicy. It's plump. The bun is like perfect semicircle. The colors pop like that all appeals to our desire to, to eat, right. To mm -hmm. be nourished, but you couldn't, it wouldn't be beautiful to, or like it wouldn't be good for us to eat burgers all day or eat cake or, well, you know, these things like that. And just getting to the point itself, like 
first, when was the last time you actually like saw that? <laughs> yeah, it's you not saw, real. When does it's your Big real. Mac actually look like the no, the you one that's on? Pull it out and it looks like screen. a wet rag. It looks like it's been like thrown together mm-hmm. in a rock tumbler. It like, and then when you eat it, it you can tell that it's. I mean, you've been duped essentially because mm-hmm. you don't feel very good afterward, and it it is yeah, it's it's. Good-ish. Yeah, but the, the marketers at McDonald's know what a good hamburger should look like, which I think is, I think that's really fascinating that we... And then they choose not to make that the right, real hamburger. That, exactly. Well, and the, like there's, in the commercials, they use props. Like, yeah, it's like styrofoam. It's, it's some sort of styrofoam something. They don't use actual food because if they use their actual food, that half of the commercial wouldn't be cut. So it's funny that they know that we're not actually what's going to get us in the door is not actually a high quality food. It's like the idea, it's the aesthetics of the burger, of the of the McDonald's, of the convenience, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're selling. They know what we're uh, appetized by, and funny enough, it's the not actually the food. <laughs> it's like yeah, the it's look the of look. it or the idea of it. Well, and I think that that also plays into how we receive beauty. And maybe that's something we can develop a little bit more later because there is, like you said, it it is appealing. And maybe you even get the one in 100 Big Macs that look like the picture. And it it really does appeal to the, the eyes, but still, when you receive it, when you eat it, it isn't what it looks like. It isn't, it, I mean, like, even if you enjoy the flavor, the you know you won't enjoy the the clogging arteries. You won't enjoy, like I can almost feel it sometimes. Like, <laughs> but you don't enjoy that aspect of it, and you feel like again you've been duped. It, you feel because you just spent your money on this thing that really isn't going to be good for you. It just it looked good. And it maybe it looked like it was going to taste good, and it was very convenient. So, I'd say that yeah, you're when you're drawn by that beauty or the aesthetic pleasing, like it is beautiful in the sense that, like definitionally. But I would say that there needs to be an addition to that definition because there's something deeper about beauty that when you get to enjoy it, like a, a sunset, when you get to enjoy a sunset, even if you're not like eating it, you're, you're still able to receive it in a way and know that it is good. And it's not like doing harm to you when you look at it, you get to sit there and enjoy it. Where yeah. if you have a, a Big Mac or if you have too many of these, then it becomes like, it's not, as good for you or if you if you go on a date with someone who's got all these flashy pictures on your on their profile and it's not what they look like you know it you, you do feel like you've been duped it isn't the same as if they were like real and upfront with you so i think that there's there's a sense of what we know to be that that objective beauty of what we all desire. And then there's 
a lot of ways that we try to meet that standard in a way that isn't authentic. Yeah, I want to go back to, you touched on the ways we perceive beauty. I think that's really interesting because with the Big Mac example, the more you get to know about the Big Mac, I think the less beautiful that fake picture becomes. So it's almost like as your as your knowledge about a thing increases, mm-hmm. the more beautiful you perceive that thing to be either increases or decreases because you're seeing it more for what it truly is. And with the sunrise sunset example, the new uh, space telescope, as they're taking more pictures of the entire solar system, it almost makes a sunrise or sunset more beautiful because you realize our knowledge of the thing is greater. So I wonder if knowledge, knowledge about the thing you're perceiving is some way connected to how beautiful you think that thing is. Like a person, sometimes you can get to know a person and the the more and more you get to know them, the more beautiful you think that person is. The same way it can be reversed. The more you get to know someone, the more (laughs) disgusting you can say you think they are. Yeah, and and I think that that it, it really does apply to that that additional characteristic that makes up beauty because something that's truly beautiful like the Eucharist, you can look at it and you can see that there's in adoration, um, you've got the body of Christ in the bread and the more you learn about what the bread is and how it became Christ in transubstantiation and you learn how like if you look in its reflection like look at him he will reflect his love on you you find more and more of these things and you're just like it it becomes even more beautiful as you sit and you take time to uh, dissect it where if i sat with a a big back commercial <laughs> then you're you're going to realize oh that that bread is styrofoam and mm-hmm. all these things are made out of props this isn't real and they're just trying to appeal to your eye, knowing that it's not, you know, to get you in the door. And then when you get there, it's not as appealing <laughs> when you open up the box and find your uh, garbage disposal looking burger. I think, I think knowledge, the more we know about something, the more we're capable of judging it the more we're capable of comparing it to the ideal and measure its failure you know like if you keep something vague and mysterious you don't know enough about it to compare it to to the ideal right like similar if you go if you go throughout your life without any goals you'll never fail right because you didn't give yourself the measurement to consider success or failure so in, in terms of beauty, when we learn more about something, it kind of takes away the veil a little bit. And if it doesn't stand up to that judgment, we consider it not beautiful, right? Like the burger, you're like, oh, that's really cool. And then you find out, oh, it's made of styrofoam. And you're like, well, that's not, never mind, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But things like the mass, the Eucharist, church, those kind of things, they don't fail. The more you, un- the more you remove the veil, it's still beautiful. And that's kind of interesting about like authentic mystery. 
is you can just keep going and going and going and it'll never fall short of that ideal because it it's so close to it. They're godly things. And I think that this, you know, we've been harping on the the Big Mac this whole time. but <laughs> Not a sponsor. What, <laughs> no, never will be at this rate. Um, it... There's like an even more prominent example is pornography. It's it's literally the same thing. It's the illusion of a beautiful woman that wants to partake in this the sexual act with you, but then the more you peel back the layers and find out about um, who she is, I believe Jason Everett is one who talks about this. Uh, porn doesn't reveal. Uh, porn isn't revealing enough of the person. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. It just shows. It's not that porn is too revealing. It's that it's, it's not it's revealing not, enough. Exactly. It's because you see this this woman who's aesthetically pleasing, but then the more you learn to get to know about her, it it breaks your heart. Mm -hmm. And it's not that she's a beautiful woman, not a beautiful woman. It's just she's in a place that she's hurt, she's broken, and. All of this is just put on for show. And it's and if you have a setback in pornography, it is leaving you empty. It leaves you in a place where you've been duped. And it's not it wasn't good, it was just you know, you you fell for the illusion. Yeah, I think you suffer you suffer the pain of having sinned. Right, so your soul aches, and you've done your you've done damage to yourself, but then you also have the pain of falling short of what you wanted, right? Because the good that you're seeking when you, uh, unfortunately, when you when you masturbate or when you go to look at pornography, is you are seeking that good um, in in attraction, in beauty, in a woman, but you're doing it in a completely disordered way, and so you you're faced with that pain of like this is nothing like what I should desire. Well, and it gives you that, again, illusion of something that is good. The sexual act is something that is, it's the greatest good that you can get. <clears throat> There's a reason why you need to be so careful with it. There's a reason why you need to give up your life in the marriage to be able to partake in the act because it's something that is so good that it's something to be shared between a man and a woman because it helps bond them it it's a love that can produce children it it gives you this illusion of something that is good for you and twists it. it's again just that perfect vanity of it it gives you that appeal of something that could be that is beautiful but it isn't in this shape right because all our desires in and of themselves are not bad so like the sexual act it is supposed to be pleasurable that's not that's not a bad thing about the sexual act it's when you distort it and our desire to eat isn't a bad thing so long as we do it temperately so our desires play into i think our way of connecting, which connecting to that which is most beautiful. So our desires play on all our different senses. 
and all of our all of our different senses can be led down an incorrect path but the ultimate beauty i think fulfills all of our desires and all of it's pleasurable to all of our senses and i think the mass is a really good example of that because it basically satisfies all our different senses like the, you have you have music going on you have you literally consume the body of christ incense for incense smell. right sometimes when i'm sitting in confession um and i see jesus up there on the on the crucifix sometimes i just want to like i want to hug him <laughs> i don't know if you guys have ever experienced yeah. that you just want to like go hug him because you want to i don't know you just want to like, consume him which is literally what we do with the eucharist so i think yeah there's something in us that our desires are not bad and christ recognizes that and satisfies all of them and and i think that when you <clears throat> like when you get hooked on those illusions of beauty and it, it becomes something where you keep desiring and looking for that beauty in places that it isn't you're going to be unable to see that beauty when it actually is there um yeah it just like that distortion you know, like now you think of a good-looking burger. That McDonald's burger looks like it's going to be good, but then you could see like the best-looking burger in the world, and it's never going to compete with that burger that is on the TV commercial. Similar with pornography. You're going to see these women who've been dressed up, everything just, um, you know, makeup all these different things probably covering up bruises and and tears and all this pain that she's going through is covered up it and it makes it so that you see that and you can't see your wife for who she is one day and the beauty that she is so i think that there's a way that we can get tempted and I think that that's the way it is with a lot of the things in our world. We we see beauty and we try to to obtain it, and we get left empty-handed because it was just an illusion of it again. So I guess that kind of raises another question: Do you think do you think we can become numb to beauty? And if so, how does that happen? Yeah, I definitely think there is a relationship between our ability to apprehend or perceive beauty and maybe our moral character maybe that's it um because if you desire things that are less than good less than the ultimate good um and you go so far down that you might even desire evil things that affects your ability to perceive beauty because the beauty is always tied to the good. So if you have the good wrong, you'll get the beauty wrong as well. You'll start being enticed and, and appetized by beauty that is associated with things that are not good. So I think, yeah, I would say, but then again, if you, I, I know one example is, like classical music versus like gangster rap, mm -hmm. right? 
some would say that gangster rap is kind of like lesser music than the classical. And I'm, I personally, I would agree. I don't, I don't, I, mean, I would much prefer, I mean, I would prefer classic rock, but uh, <laughs> classical music, just it, there's more to appreciate there than the rap music, but there's still something in the rap music that, that is beautiful. It's just maybe to a lesser degree. So it's not that if you like rap, you're not morally uh, developed. And it certainly doesn't mean if you're, if you like classical music that you are morally developed, but I think there is a relationship between your character and what you are striving for and the, and what you find beautiful. Yeah, I would say, I would agree with you. I think that there has to be, um, the more you learn about what is truly beautiful, the more you're able to see it, recognize it in Mm -hmm. people, and the more you're able to enjoy partaking in that beauty. Where if you have a distorted idea of beauty, you'll be able to recognize beauty. It'll, something will click in you, but it will, it'll be different. Um, I'm trying to think, like, I know that there's been times in my life when someone has been able to, has, uh, like, told me something that is truly beautiful, and I just didn't see it for what it was. Uh, Maybe a good example would be seeing my roommates get up in the morning and pray rosary, and I was a part of that at sometimes, but there was times when I was really reluctant to it, and this was in a time when I was really in a, a lower spot in my faith, but... The, I could tell that there was something good there, but a part of me just wanted to just like pull away from it, and it wasn't. I wasn't able to receive that same kind of, receive the graces of the beauty, of the rosary, at that time because I just wasn't able to see it. You know, yeah, like probably like a, a sort of tension there, like you were. You were kind of drawn to it, but you were also kind of drawn away from it at yeah. the same time. Like I saw how it was affecting and making such good things in my for my roommates. And I saw like the same when I see I saw that their prayer lives were very strong. It was an admirable trait, but I couldn't figure out why I was so, so reluctant to be a part of it. Yeah, I've experienced that too when somebody invites me to pray. Sometimes my first my gut reaction is Oh, you think you're better than me, don't you? It's not like, oh, thank you for inviting me into the prayer. My like, gut reaction is, you're calling me to something higher than myself. You see that I'm not being the person I could be, and you're calling me out for it, and I, I don't like that. Well, and I think beauty, beauty kind of does the same thing. It shows you that you really aren't all that you could be, and it, it reminds us of that. That's well, why sometimes I think it can be and, and repulsive. I th- and I think that in a state of... <clears throat> where you're where you are apart from God and you're not really just embracing him in a personal relationship and you feel like you're more distant. I think that it was stuff like that that made me repulse like pull away from the way that they were really just bringing their faith into the main parts of their lives. But now when I see it, I was I think like that's such a beautiful life and even then, I could see that it was a way that they were just. I could, you could admire the way that they were free, 
and the way that they were changing their lives to make it more in line with the way Christ was calling them. And you could see that beauty, but there was something that was almost making me reluctant to be a part of it and reluctant to embrace that part of it in my life. And I think that that's, again, just a way of my mind at the time, especially being in a, a place where I was having issues with pornography a lot, it did, I guess, distill my my ideas of beauty and make it so I wasn't as, I wasn't able to see it in the, as, and, and really just kind of like peel back the layers, like you said, like we were talking about earlier, like when you're sitting in Eucharist, you can learn more and more and more about it and everything is more beautiful. Like you can peel back the layer and see that it's more beautiful and then just kind of want to leave it there. So there's a quote I have written down um, from the Brothers Kramazov, which is a book by Dostoevsky. I highly recommend it, but he says, uh, the awful thing is that beauty is mysterious as well as terrible. God and the devil are fighting there and the battlefield is the heart of man. So I, I thought that was, that's a really good quote because it, <clears throat> that ten, like that tension you were you saw like you saw the beauty you were kind of drawn to it you're kind of pulled away from it i've definitely experienced that too and i i think the devil knows that when you can actually recognize beauty for what it is then it's, it's game over for him and it's simultaneously i was attracted to the fake beauty of pornography i was often getting allured by TV commercials and I was in a place where I was getting fast food all the time. Like it was all these things that were appearing as beautiful and you consume them and you just feel more and more empty. So I think that, yeah, it's interesting that I, cause I'd never heard that quote before, but it makes sense because it, it fits really well with what we've been kind of uncovering and talking about here. It's that, it, that battleground, like he says, it's it's a place where you can tell that there's something good, but if it's something where you, you see there's good at the surface, you have to dig it deeper in order to see if it's truly beautiful or if it's something that is presenting itself as beautiful that isn't. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. James, I liked what you said earlier about your reaction to invitations to prayer that like they were calling, someone was calling you higher and you recognized that you weren't being all that you could be and an initial reaction was was anger or rejection and resentment. I think that's something that women don't, un, don't know that they have that power on men. I think especially like, you know, like the classic... A guy's like super shy. There's a pretty girl, and the guy's like super shy or whatever, and just makes a fool of himself. I don't think girls realize that for a lot of guys, they represent like the ideal of the feminine. Like, if a guy's, and it's in proportion to how attracted you are to the girl. And so, like, being rejected by her is like your, your whole world is, you know, 
destroyed. Um, yeah, because you're being rejected by the ideal. Right. You created. Yeah. And so, one, that's like, that's the guy's problem because he needs to stop idealizing. But it's also a very powerful thing that the girl holds because, I mean, as they are one of the most beautiful things in all creation. And so, to, to us, they're, I mean, they are always calling us hider simply by their, by their beauty itself. They're always calling us better. They're always calling us to be more than who we are. And it's, it's, it can be discouraging. It can be uh, f- uh, bring on feelings of rejection. Uh, that's why it's so important to have a proper relationship with the opposite sex because they, they could destroy you or, or they could and lift I've, you to greater heights. And I think that that's interesting how you mentioned something about the infatuation. I think that there is a way that in our our culture of of a, just a lot of vanity where it's what you're surrounded by um there is that longing for the femininity in a way that's more maybe even more than how it used to be um uh, you know obviously I'm speaking from this time this place but I would say that there's much more disconnect from the truly feminine that than today than there was back maybe 20, 30 years ago because um, people are grow up in a, a broken household and they don't see that maybe ideal feminine role from their from their mother. So when they see someone who does have that kind of uh, those characteristics, they're even more drawn to it and they mm. become they can start to infatuate, become infatuated by it because they see that as something that they've been missing for their, their entire lives. And it becomes something, again, where when you see something that is beautiful, you just want to consume it and you become consumed by it. And maybe that idea of the feminine woman that they have in their head isn't actually real. Maybe that woman will never exist. Mm on this on this earth and that's why they're constantly grasping for more because they think this woman will satisfy the, that ideal that I created in my head and then you find out she can't okay somebody else somebody else has to because mm-hmm. there has to be that ideal woman out there yeah and it's important for us uh, certainly as guys but uh, but everyone to know that you cannot be satisfied by your partner you cannot be satisfied by even virtue itself, like attaining some level of purity. Um, you know, if you never you never watch pornography or masturbate it again, you could still be miserable for the rest of your life. Like, that's not going to do it for you. The beginning and end of our happiness will be the love and the grace of Jesus. And he is the, well, God is the perfection of all beauty itself. So that's really all that can satisfy us. And until we are satisfied, shout out to the... Uh, be Satisfied with Me Prayer by St. Anthony Padua. You guys know that one? I do not know that one. Mm-hmm. No. Until you... Um, it's very it's very long. It's okay. very good. <laughs> we got time. Yeah, yeah. Um, until you are satisfied completely and exclusively with God alone, you will not have the perfect relationship that he wants to give you. Um, or the embodiment of his love for you in your partner or in your vocation or whatever. So, like, that's that's the start and the end of it all. 
When you talked about the the rejection that a man can feel from from a woman, and that absolutely devastates them, because that that woman was their ideal, and they're being rejected by the ideal, like being rejected by a sunrise, like mm-hmm. that that would feel absolutely awful. Yeah, but God doesn't do that. He invites us to be reconciled with Him, which is which is awesome because mm-hmm. we're never gonna live up to the ideal. We're never going to live up to, well, I guess we can. We should try to live up to the ideal that God has set before us, but we're going to fail, and there's a way to reconcile that, which is which is incredibly freeing almost. It's not, it's not devastating when you, well, it could be devastating, but you know that. <laughs> I was just checking the time. Dropped his phone. Okay. But yeah, that's. There's a way to reconcile our inability to conform ourselves to perfection. And I think that's so something so great about God's mercy. Uh, I recently play, prayed the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Uh, it's kind of a, you use the rosary to pray, um, pray and, and thank Jesus for his his overwhelming mercy. Because I mean, they God is the 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 ideal. He is that that judgment. And so if he didn't have that merciful side of him, we would just, I mean, explode. Like we would just be burned to a crisp by his sheer glory. But he does have that mercy and he does invite us to like the prodigal son. Like he invites us, he's calling us back. And so like we are in the filth, we're in the, we're just in the pigsty. Not even the pigs are going to eat us. But so like we can't do anything ourselves, but we can get up brush off and come home and I, god is always going to be there welcoming us back i think that that's interesting um that you you say that because i do think that there is a way that that vanity and our distortion of beauty on this in this world does it, we've been talking about how it distorts our relationship with god but i think that you're right it's because if we see him in a way there's a lot of ways that you can see his love and it almost like you don't know how to respond correctly to it because it is so overwhelming. Like you said, um, you don't feel worthy of it. So you, you say you reject, you reject his love because you don't feel worthy of it. Um, or maybe you reject his love because you feel as though you're, your hand that you've been dealt is much worse than like a loving God would give. Um, and there's a lot of ways I think that vanity, like the ideal of what we think that we would want, maybe, um, you know, people a lot of times can't be satisfied by God because of the distortions of this world. And so they don't allow themselves to be satisfied by that beauty. So I think that there's, it keeps you from being embraced by God and fully receiving that embrace because there's a whole number of roadblocks that come from our distortion of, of true, beautiful love. And I think that's something so great about, or so beautiful about the institution of the church because you're you're right, it is it's it, it is too much. Like it's too much. <laughs> like God is is too much for us. So 
it's like if all we said was believe in Jesus, like believe in God, it's like what does that mean? Like how do you how do you order your order your life to do that, and how do you know you're doing it right? But God gave us the church, and she's laid out throughout history. She's laid out the at least you know guidelines to get yourself in the right direction. Primary of which the sacraments, like a life lived by the sacraments, is is pretty cl- pretty darn close to true acceptance of that glory. And I don't know, it just kind of it helps us walk the path because mm-hmm. I without the church and her teachings and her sacraments and, and tradition, especially tradition, well, especially the sacraments, but also tradition. It's like, how, how do you, how do you know you're walking on the right path? How do you go anywhere? Right. God, God created our minds. So he knows how, how flawed we are. So he, the church was a gift from him and we would be absolutely lost without, without that. And I, I don't think about that very much quite honestly i don't view the church as a gift sometimes it's a a hindrance it's just an institution it's nothing nothing special but it's a way for us to be able to correctly perceive beauty i think which is god is beautiful it's a way for us to make make sense of it almost we'll never we'll never fully make sense of it because god is mysterious but it helps us sort of understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really won't be until heaven that we are... I mean, even then, I mean, even even then, heaven itself will just kind of be a, a never-ending sunset, you know? So it's like, we don't get to heaven, it's like, well, this is it. Great. It just, it continues. There's an e- eternality to heaven. It is it is abundant and and over and overflowing continually throughout eternity forever and ever. So even even heaven itself, you're you're always unfolding. You're always learning. You're always well, maybe you're not learning, but you're you're like always consuming. Yeah, it's like a never-ending symphony. Mm-hmm. There's a sign in one of the buildings on campus, and actually in the gym, it's by the rock climbing wall at the very top it says heaven now what <laughs> and that's like the most depressing sign <laughs> it, it really I is have ever seen in my life it annoys me every time because if heaven is the goal and that doesn't fulfill then what do you you have nothing mm-hmm. then you're not going to receive heaven you're not going to be able to be in heaven because you're not able to see that all-time perfection worship of god being in his presence if that's not what your idea of heaven is then i mean first off you're going to be disappointed and you you know you need to really rethink that but it's also why we need to rethink that is it truly is it's a completely fulfilling thing you won't have any unsatiated and unsettled desires in heaven mm-hmm. everything's going to be perfectly fulfilled and we don't know what that's like because we'll always desire more on earth but you really can be fulfilled in a ch- with your love for god 
in in your relationship with Christ. And I think, and, yeah, sorry. sorry. And I think that in that's like true fulfillment, not just earthly fulfillment. Yeah, I think to tie that back into beauty, it's important for us to recognize we're never going to be truly fulfilled by something beautiful here on earth because everything beautiful here on earth is just a glimpse of the eternal beauty. And so we're always going to want more. We're always going to want to partake in it more than we actually can. And that can be kind of disappointing to recognize that, but it can be incredibly hopeful that the amount of pleasure or delight you take in something beautiful now is just going to be infinitely multiplied in the next. Well, I don't think if, if we're living our lives in a manner that like godly things are disappointing us, I don't think we're doing it the right way. Like I think worldly things uh, will fade. You know, they'll fade away. Like a sunset will fade. It's beautiful, but it will fade away. But like developing our moral integrity, learning about God, studying the scripture, like those kind of things will not disappoint us. So I don't I don't know. Maybe there's some things um, that they never stop delighting us. Okay, so just to try to flesh this out a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you're studying something, studying God, mm-hmm. for example, here on earth, you're always going to want to study him more. Yeah. Though. You're, it's never, and I'd say that's not like true fulfillment then if you always want more. But I don't, I don't know. In heaven, we always, I think it is fulfillment. I guess, want. Maybe that would be more, um, it, maybe it'd be more apt to make the, the analogy of peeling back the layers with prayer because you are fulfilled but there's going to be more and more beauty that you can continue to receive through Christ through a relationship with God so it's not necessarily that you're not fulfilled it's just that because you'll have that eternal longing on earth you are still able to be fulfilled by that you're going to be constantly like you you'll still be able to see the beauty and find more and more beauty in it um but the fact that you're unpacking it and seeing more and more beauty each time doesn't necessarily negate from the fact that you're fulfilled by him in the last time i think it's a worldly perspective to think that fulfillment comes from the the finish line comes from the attainment of something. I think it might be a more heavenly concept to find fulfillment in the, I don't know, on the journey, you know, just the process. (laughs) 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 Because I mean, like I said, I mean, I don't know, but like I said uh, earlier, like heaven, like the choir of angels, they're always singing. They're not satisfied by the end of the song. They're continuously and forever singing right. God's praise. So I think it's a, it's a worldly thing to have ends. Or, well, okay. Heaven is an end in itself. But I mean, like, things end and they die in this world. But in heaven, there is no end. And I feel like that's a hard concept for us to grasp, right. obviously. 
but I, I feel like true heavenly attainment or fulfillment doesn't come from the attainment of some finality. It comes from the continuous experience of God. And that's something we can't experience. Not yet. Not yet. So and you're right. You're right in that sense. And, and we could be disappointed that we don't have that yet. But okay. I feel like we can get, we can get pretty. Yeah, we, we can get, get pretty, pretty close. close. And like living in complete unity with the Holy Spirit, and just like having the gifts of the Holy Spirit, detachment from sin, detachment from worldly things, like that. Being a saint can get you pretty close. Right. Right. And when you're leaving Mass, and sometimes you can't wait to go back. Yeah. Is that? Would you say that mass left you unfulfilled or that, I don't know, because you're still wanting, <laughs> like you want to go back, but it's that continually peeling the more layers and the next time. It's certainly go. not that the mass left you or should have left you unfulfilled. Right. It's that you are, once you leave the mass, mm-hmm. you're now faced with, okay, this is not as good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's the real world. And yeah, when you're you're going from that, peak literally the the peak of the mass is the peak of the eternal of our earthly existence right that's heaven here on earth exactly and so i think that because there's a it's good to be able to desire that in wanting to go back because it's where our hearts are always called to it's the the perpetual north that our hearts and our hearts are like the compass so, like, it'll always be pointed towards heaven, and it'll always desire more heaven. And if you, honestly, and there's times when I'm in a place where I can't wait to get out the door at Mass. And so that's, I think, more emblematic of a problem than it would be to say that you want to go back to Mass. Okay. You've answered my question. <laughs> We, we've answered it. Yes. We've discovered. Well, gentlemen, I think this has been another fantastic episode. Um, thank you all, listeners, for listening. and uh, Give us a, a like and maybe a review. And uh, we look forward to uh, developing more content for you. You'll notice in the description um, an email. Please send us any uh, questions or comments you might have about the show. We would love to hear your ideas for future episodes. Um, until then, have a blessed day. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Okay. Anyway. It's not on. <laughs> <laughs>